What's up? How's it going? Good morning, church. Good morning, church. How you guys doing this morning? Okay. So great to be here with you guys this morning. We've had uh, an awesome service so far. Can I get a round of applause for everyone that was part of that? So uh, to introduce myself, my name is David Demersian, and I am from the Boston Church, and I am a part of the Northeast region. <laughs> Represent. Um, and I, I've been a disciple for about uh, two years, and today I'm going to be talking about the truth. Right? Because it's kind of like what? All right. I'm going to be talking about the truth. So the word truth is mentioned in the Bible about 224 times. So it's, it's kind of a big deal. This is something that I've struggled with my whole life. Um, so I can definitely relate to this topic. Um, I can flat out say that I'm one of the biggest liars here, and that, that's not a lie, by the way. <laughs> so we're going to get right into it. Um, my first point is called being chained. How many of you guys have ever felt chained to something? Can we show our hands, just so a little bit relatable here, making sure? All right, most of us. Maybe it's your homework. Man, I got like five hours of homework. I got my AP Chem, AP Stats. Like, I'm not in any of those. I'm not that smart. But, you know, some of us may be chained to our homework, our, our workload. College applications, seniors? Yikes. Yikes. Um... Yeah, man, I really feel chained to my, to my decision. Where am I going to go? What's my future going to hold? Man, there's so much to think about. Where am I going to go to school? Do I like, you know, do I like the campus? Is there, is there a ministry there? Am I, am I going to do well? Is it too hard? Is it, man, there's so many decisions that go into making a college application. Maybe it's work. How are your hours? Are you putting so many hours into your job that you can't be a part of the body. You feel chained to that. Maybe even it's your own selfish desire. No, I got a little, I got a little, uh, something that happens to me kind of every year. And uh, Thanksgiving's coming up in a couple weeks. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah? Oh, man. And I, I love Thanksgiving. The turkey and the gravy and the butternut squash with the, with the marshmallows and the cinnamon sugar. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. And you eat so much. It's like your last meal you'll ever, you'll ever eat. 
and it's like you eat and it's like you go into a food coma and you're like oh man And you're laying there, you're laying in bed, and you're like, I'm never eating again. <laughs> and you fall asleep, and it's 2 a.m., all right? You just wake up, maybe a little bathroom break, getting real. And, and you wake up, and you get back in bed, and you're like, ooh, I know there's some of that leftover uh, pumpkin pie downstairs. You guys feel me? You guys know what I mean? And you're like, oh man. I think there's some whipped cream left too, so. Um, and you're like, man, that sounds so good right now, man. And you're like, but I don't really wanna get up. I'm just kinda chilling, I'm in, the, I'm in my bed. Um, it's nice and warm. It's comfy. But, man, do I want that, that pie in the fridge. Man, that would be so good. I mean, I could go downstairs. No one would know about it. Um, just, like, tiptoeing down. Just, like, downstairs, getting it. And, you know, that's, that's like, how it is when we want to indulge in sin. Right? We know what the right thing to do is, and we know what's right for us, and we know what our conscience is telling us, but once we think about it, and the thought is going through our mind of sin, we feel chained to it. We feel like we can't escape what's in our mind. Briefly, in, uh, in 2 Timothy 2, 9, you don't have to turn there, it describes, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Actually, something that I struggled with in uh, early high school was popularity. You know, who am I? Who am I? Les Mis fans. Um, and, you know, who really am I? What do I want to do? Who, who do I want to fit in with? What crowd do I want to hang with? Who do I want to um, please? Something that I really got into is, I look back at it and I was so stupid. I was part of the, the vape crew. I was in the vape crew. And we were, in the, we were just in the bathroom. We were just doing it up. And even though, even though uh, I look back at it and it, it seems stupid now, but that's really what I, I, it's, I stooped so low that I was there. And I, I felt chained to that. I felt chained to those people. I felt chained to my sin. And you know what? That really tore my family apart. Just sneaking around the house, just waiting for me to get, waiting for me to get a time where no one was so I could get my, my fix, my fill. And you know what? I was suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But until one night, I came home my parents, you know, they, you know something's up. And they're like, let's, 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 let's sit down. 
sat down, we talked it over, and man, did I feel like I, I totally felt ashamed of myself and who I was and what I was, I was trying to be. Um, and that, that was me at the time. But you kind of just sink and you feel that, oh man, I've been caught, I've been, you know, but in a way it, it's freeing in the sense that I don't have to hide from anyone anymore. I don't have to, I don't have to be, be chained to my sin. It's out in the open. Can I get an amen on that? And, um, all right, so let's jump right into John 8, if you guys would turn there with me. You guys there yet? All right, sweet. <laughs> Word. So here in John 8, uh, 42, Jesus is addressing his disciples. Let's read, 42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Because you are unable to hear what I say. What keeps us from hearing what God has to say? Why don't we want to listen? Because we, we don't want to give something up. That was for me. I didn't want to give up my, my popularity. Because we're, too afraid, because we're too afraid to stand out. Because we pack our schedules. We don't want to hear because we have too much on our plate. We, oh, I can't think about God right now, man. I'll get to it later. It's fine. Because we're too comfortable. We don't want to change. I'm fine where I'm at. Why do I have to change anything? Back in verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Satan is lying to us and saying, you can't handle the truth. You don't really want to know the truth. And if you did, it would tear you apart. People would know the real you. Come on, man. Don't tell the truth. Why would you want to do that? People think you're this. People think you're that. You're trying to be, you know, you're, at the, you're the head honcho right now, man. Why do you want to give that up? That's what's going through our mind when Satan is lying to us. Verse, verse 46. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? I am telling, if I am telling the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So I'm going to uh, have a little skit here. I'm going to call my man's 
Young Lamar, young Caleb, where are you at? Get up here, now. Just watch. Might be, hold on, hold on. Where'd you go? All right. Woo! All right, we're good. Can you guys hear me okay? I'll give you something, maybe you could try to get up. Slip out, slip out, right quick. All right, boy. That's how heavy they are. You can have a seat. Give it up for Caleb. Now, what, what, happened, what happened there? Um, so my man's Caleb came up, and he's going to the bathroom to clean that up. 
Um, so in, in that little skit, Caleb was, was cuffed, right? Yes? All right. Making sure you guys are with me. He was cuffed. He was chained. There was no way for him to get out. And first thing that I gave him was a, a mallet. And, I mean, he said his arms were too short, but I think anyone couldn't get through with this. You're, like, physics, I, I don't take physics, but, like, if you, like, it, you can't, you don't even have the arm capacity, I don't even know. You just can't do it, okay? And we try to, we try to hammer ourselves through, we try to hammer through our chains, we try to try to beat ourselves up to the point where we feel like we're going to fall apart. The next thing was nasty. Was the butter. We try to slip our way through our chains. We try to slip out and have it be low key and I mean, but when you slip out, you're not you're not unlocking it. The the chains are still within the hinge. And those chains, whether you, you slip out or not, are always going to be attached. Maybe not to you, but in the back of your mind, those chains haven't been released. We try to slip our way through. We try to pick the lock. We try to find different answers for the truth. We try to find man, maybe if I just fit in in school, and maybe if I just, you know, I'll find out the truth, and, you know, I don't have to do all this, this church stuff, and, uh, I mean, it's fine. I can, I can just pick my way through. I can look up a couple of videos on YouTube, maybe, and, but there's that. Finally, there's the key. Now, the key is designed for the handcuffs. In the skit, the handcuffs represent us when we feel chained to our guilt and to our sin. And the key represents the truth. Remember when Joel talked about in his lesson, um, and he said how the truth is Jesus? Well, that's exactly what this key is. And it's up to you whether you want to find that key and unchain yourself. And I'm going to have uh, Keenan Mitchell come up and talk more about that. So that's all I got. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Amen. Awesome job. Let's give David one more round of applause. That was awesome. Ooh, got butter up here. All right, all right. Let's slippery. So good, so good. So, you know, going back to this scenario, right, we saw two things. We saw Caleb handcuffed. All right, that was pretty funny. And we also try, we saw him trying to escape, right? We saw him trying to escape with those three different things. But no matter how hard Caleb tried to slip his way out or to, you know, hammer his way out or pick the lock, you know, he still found himself bound by these chains. You know, and the truth is, this is how we can be spiritually, like David was sharing. You know, our theme of scripture over the entire weekend has been John 8, 31, 32. The Bible says how... The Jews that believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Right? When you look just two verses down in verse 34, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins 
is a slave to sin. He uses the word slave. And then we know in Romans 3.23, the Bible says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you know, so the Bible makes it really clear that every person in here, including myself, has been chained to the guilt of sin and a slave to its desires. You know, when we're locked to sin, we try everything we can to break free of it, don't we? By our own means, doing the things that we think will work. You know, we try to break free by filling our lives with relationships. Teens, this is just the reality of it. You know, we think that that, bo- that boyfriend or that girlfriend, like, ooh, what's going on over there? What's good? We think that's going to fill us up. We think that's all we want. That's going to satisfy us, right? We think that popularity is everything. It's all that's important. And do whatever it takes to achieve it. You know, some people at schoolwork, right? How can we take our mind off of, of the guilt and of the, the pain of high school that we feel? Oh, let me just fill myself, my schedule with schoolwork. I want to get the best grades I can, get in the best college, and do my own thing. You know, and there's so many things, I don't know what it is for you, that we try to take away the pain of slavery. Let me ask you something. Going back to the scenario, you know, did, did the butter work? How about the hammer? How about the paper clip? Right? You see that none of these things worked, and neither will these relationships or your status level. You know, and you can't set yourself free. Someone's got to do it for you, right? You looked at Caleb, and he, he was locked in. You couldn't do anything about it. And then David came over and was nice, and you know, he didn't lose the key, and he unlocked him, right? And he's like, it feels great, right? It feels great when you're set free from the chains. But you might be saying, Keenan. You, know, you don't know what it's like to be popular. You don't know what it's like to have those relationships. You don't know what it's like to be in my school or be with my friends. And, uh, you know, sharing a little bit about my story, you know, growing up, guys, I, I had everything. I had any, everything that a high schooler, middle schooler could want. You know, uh, kind of growing up, sports were always my thing. So growing up, I put on the football team. I was a starting quarterback. And then I uh, ended up taking a year off. And then I came back, and I was a starting wide receiver and free safety uh, for baseball, I was a starting pitcher, and I played shortstop, so the two most active uh, positions on the team. For basketball, I was a starting center. So I had all these things, right? And with the, with the popularity, you know, that, that just kind of came with it. Uh, you know, I was, I was always the fastest kid in elementary school. We always had this uh, we had an oval spray paint on the field, and uh, everyone always tried to beat me, right? And I'm just saying this to, to share with you guys my story. That, that's who I was. I, I was just, God gifted me with a lot of abilities. So I was the fastest kid. I was always picked first at recess. Um, you know, I had, I had everything that, uh, that we want, right? That, that's what people want. That's what we think we want, right? But guys, the thing about having it all is I can't even describe the deep emptiness you feel. When you have it all, you feel like there's nothing left. You feel like it's just there's so much purpose. There, there's no purpose when you have it all. You know, so I have one point for you this morning. Be set free. You know, this whole conference, we've been focusing on the idea of, you know, what, what is the truth, right? In John 8, 31, the scripture that I read before. And we open up with what is truth. And the Bible says how the truth is going to set you free. And we learn from Joel's lesson that the truth is not complicated. Um, so you guys can start opening up your Bibles to Psalm 73. You know, to be honest, when I first found out that, uh, that I was going to be doing this lesson, I was going to be talking on freedom, I was fired up! I thought it was going to be super easy because I, I just feel like, after I became a disciple, I just, I always viewed freedom as like, you know, woo, I'm free, like just this whole hype factor and excitement and, and being able to do the things that I love to do um, and just being, you know, being happy and, and joyful with, with the people around me, you know, and, uh, but the more I thought about it, 
the more I realize that excitement and the hype that I thought was freedom isn't freedom. It's a response to freedom. You know, and in fact, when does freedom not come at a cost? We see that throughout history and what's going on today and all over the news, that people are fighting for various types of freedoms. And even biblically, look at the apostles after Jesus ascended into heaven. They were martyred for their freedom. So there's something different about spiritual freedom than worldly freedom. You know, in high school and middle school, because I know we got some preteens, young teens in the house, you know, there's so many people who look like they're, they got it all, right? They look to be so free, don't they? You know, they're constantly living chained to sin, yet look like they got it all together. Let's look in Psalm 73, starting in verse 1. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. Their pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how could God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I wouldn't have betrayed your children. Verse 16, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Wow. You know, is this not exactly how we feel in high school? You know, what does the psalmist say in verse 3? For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. How come all these people change to sin? Why do their, looks, their lives look so great? Verse 4, he says, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Verse 5, they are free from common human burdens. Verse 9, their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. You know, apply this directly to high school. How come, you know, this is one of the things that I really struggle with. How come they cheat and get higher grades than I do? Why don't they have any problems? How come their parents let them do whatever they want? Why do I have all the responsibility and they're free to do whatever they want to? You know, and these are legitimate struggles in high school. These are the things that I've constantly battled with, you know. And, uh, you know, when you compare your life to this, and when, you, when I compare my life to this, isn't it easy to feel envious, like the scripture is talking about? You feel envious. You feel down. You feel the burden of trying to, and, and it's exhausting when you try to match your life with, with all, how their lives look. They look like they got it all together, and, and why don't we have that? You know, I'm going to share a little story you know, it was actually 23 days ago, so this is something really recent. Uh, you know, I went to my first high school football game, right? So I don't know how many, how many of you guys have been to your high school football games yet this season. All right, that's a lot of you guys, right? So you know what it's like. I know, I know my school, our football team's not very good, but the hype factor is just like, whoa, it's, it's way, way up there. So, you know, this football team was coming in, and, uh, you know, it was a home game for us, and it was a pink out that night, so, you know, I got... I actually went into my mom's closet, got a lot of pink stuff, and it was good, and, you know, I, I really dressed out for it, um, you know, and I had good intentions, I just wanted to go, I wanted to be with my friends, and it wasn't the first game of the season, but I was like, you know, it's good that I go, it's good that I, you know, I, the Bible talks about becoming all things to all men, so I was like, let me go, let me go, and so, uh, so, you know, 
I went in the student section, and you know, everyone's getting super hyped. We have this, you know, crazy chance, and um, I was with all my friends, and you know, I felt the sense of belonging amongst my senior class. You know, I think for the disciples, sometimes it's hard because we see people doing one thing, and then we, you know, we're trying to have these convictions and doing another, and sometimes it's hard to, you know, to be their friends and to really do the things they like to do. So I was like, all right, you know, I feel that. Like, I'm good. I feel like I'm with my friends. We're having fun, you know, and it was a great. So then after the game, you know, a couple of friends and I, we went to go play basketball at the park, which is like one of my favorite things to do. And once I hit high school, I stopped playing team basketball, but I love just pick up basketball. So a couple of us, we went, we were playing basketball at the park, lights were on. Then once the lights went out, around 9.45, like 20 of us went to Fuddruckers. And we were like, what? Fuddruckers? Double bacon cheeseburger? What? So, so it was just, it was a blast. It was just totally a fun night. And, and I ended up going home, and I just felt this sense of belonging. Um, you know, but, but, but as this time was going on, you know, honestly, I, I was really struggling spiritually. I, I really was feeling discouraged. I was feeling like, you know, I have a Bible talk in my high school, and, you know, I tried to invite my friends to it. At the beginning of the year, I went in front of my English class, and I invited everyone to it, and I was like, hey, come out. You know, it's really cool, and, and no one was coming, right? I felt like it was just, I was trying to put in all this work, and I felt like nothing was happening because of it. Like, why, why don't my friends want to come to this? You know, and, um, but, the, you know, they wanted to go to the games. They wanted to go to the, you know, the things that were hype. And uh, so I started thinking to myself, you know, why am I trying to live this life that's harder, that's less popular, that's looked down upon by others? Why, why would I even want that? And so this whole time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to this game, and I'm getting the security from the world, and I'm struggling spiritually. And that's just a downhill path. You know, the, for, for the first time, you know, I became a disciple in eighth grade. Um, for the first time, I started questioning God, asking him, you know, why are their lives so much easier? You know, why is no one open? You know, why do I do all this work and I feel like it's in vain? Any disciples feel that way? You know, you feel burnt out. You know, so, uh, so kind of remembering how I was feeling at the first football game, you know, the week went by and I was just kind of, I was just relying on that sense of security in the world and I was like, okay, let me go to the next football game, right? I was just like, you know, let me go and... You know, eager for that same kind of feeling, feeling, you know, the sense of belonging and, and popular and, you know, wanting all those things that I had when I was a kid. Um, you know, so I go to the game and it wasn't, it was, a, what was it, like American out. So we all had American stuff. So I had like American socks, like up to my knees. I had like a bathing suit that was American. So like the same feeling, like, let me go, let me be with my friends. And let me tell you guys, right when I got there, got to the student section a little early, it was the exact opposite. You know, I, I, uh... I was just there, and, and you, you, know, you expect so much in the world. You expect it to be this perfect and stable thing. And just right from the moment I got there, it, I just I sat, I stood there, and I just looked around for a second. And uh, you know, people were doing this stuff over here. People were doing this stuff over here. People were cursing over there. And uh, no one was watching the game. I mean, it was just all about you know, looking at yourself. Who, you know, who am I? What am I doing? And... Uh, for the first time, I was like, you know, why, why is this not like it was last time? You know, why am I not having as much fun? You know, what, I was just confused. So, you know, I ended up starting to leave at halftime. You know, we were, we were getting killed. So I was like, you know, let me just go. And um, Plus, I was discouraged. So I ended up walking out at halftime, told my friends I was going to leave. And you kind of, you walk out, and then you walk up the hill. My, my car was at the way top lot. And as I was walking out, I, I turned around. I just looked at my football field. And I just looked at the, I couldn't really see the people because like on a hill, but I saw the lights and I was just like, what? I, I was, I couldn't understand 
why, what, I couldn't understand what I was feeling. Like, I was just so, I had so much security in the world that when it didn't match up, I just felt so empty and so low, you know? Let's look at verse 16 again. He says, when I tried, so after he's talking about all these things, right, they have no struggles. He says, verse 16, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. And the moment I read this, I was like, oh my gosh. I have been listening to such a lie. It was exactly word for word what I was feeling. I felt deeply troubled. And this reflected in my relationships with my family. You know, I was just, I wasn't who I was being who I needed to be. It reflected in my team ministry. You know, we had a young Timothy, which is like when the disciples get together. And I was just, I was just not having it. I didn't really want to be there. I was just kind of like, I was, I was troubled. Then look at verse 17. After he says in verse 16, when I tried to understand this, I troubled me deeply. He said, verse 17, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Man. Isn't this how it is? It's exhausting, like I was sharing before, to, to compare yourself to others. You know, what, what stabilized the psalmist, right? When he's speaking, he's talking about all these things. Why do they have this? Why don't I have this? What stabilized him? He says, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then he realized where these people's lives were headed, right? You know, guys, we need to wake up. Satan is playing you as a fool. He gives you this taste of temporary happiness, all with the intention of killing you. You know, when are you going to stop letting him use, him use you as a piece to his game? You know, when you look at verse 2, this guy in the psalmist, he says, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. Guys, compare it to, like, Satan. If this was a cliff, right? And I'm falling off. Keep looking at yourself, he's telling you. Let's look at verse 18. Verse 18, surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. My heart was grieved and my spirit embittered. I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterward will take me into your glory. Who, ha who have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is, my is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will, I will tell of all your deeds. Wow. As disciples, this is why we live the way we live. This is why I'd much rather live a harder life, quote-unquote. That's not the popular, you know, that's not the popular guy because I realized that the other life leads to hell. It's a straight path right to hell. And I don't want to go there. 
when you're in the sanctuary of God, you're set free. God's unlocked the chains. And this is where the excitement and the hype and the happiness comes in. Right? For disciples, you get to be satisfied. You get to be fulfilled. You, get, you feel full when you're in the sanctuary of God. You know, the story I shared with you is exactly how Satan is trying to abuse you. Verse 22, the psalmist says, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Guys, and that's just what I was. I was a brute beast. You don't want near no, you know, it's like Beauty and the Beast. How did they treat him when he was like, you know, nobody knew him. He was like, you know, he was crazy. And that was me, right? That's what I look like on the inside. That's what you look on the inside when we're not in the sanctuary of God. You know, he makes you think you want the world, but leaves you empty. You know, and I, I'm just so grateful for God for exposing this in my heart, because I think this was one of the things that was really deep down. I, I thought that, you know, I, I was good. Like, I thought, not in like a cocky way, I was just like, God, I really feel close to you. But deep down, wow, was I wrong. Wow, was I prideful. Right? And, uh, you know, it's, it's great, because, you know, before I go to college, right, this, I'm just like, man, in college, it's a whole new level, right? Instead of going to a basketball, play basketball in Fred Rutgers, you go to a party and you get drunk and then you go to the prison, right? And I don't want that. So, man, look how God takes care of those in his kingdom. But I want to ask you a question. Where is your final destiny? You know, for you disciples, how you doing? Are you feeling like I was feeling? Are you feeling run down? Are you feeling like you're just you're struggling? You're like, man... You're envying the world, like the scripture is talking about. How have you been doing staying in the sanctuary of God? Because we see that when we're in the sanctuary of God, God is all there is. He says in verse 25, verse 25, Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. See, when you're not in the sanctuary of God, you rely on your own strength. And then that's where Satan gets a foothold. You know, and uh, you know, wrapping up this conference, you know, you guys are about to go home. You're about to have your own bed. Or you're about to get a really long bus. You know. And, uh, you know, you have two choices. And, and this is something that you've heard over and over again. You know, you've been to hundreds uh, of Sunday services. You've been to countless teen conferences and, and uh, you know, all, all these church events. And so will you let this be just another conference? I want you to think about that. Will this be just like everything else? I'm good. I want to do my own thing. But guys, the truth is, you know where that leads. Or, leaving, you could decide to make a change. You know, this weekend ultimately has been a sanctuary of God, and you've seen it. You know, it's no coincidence that every lesson this week that you've heard has ended the same way. You know, all the people in the teen conference planning, we didn't call each other up and say, like, okay, share your, what you're going to talk about, whether, you know, all these different classes, and then end with how God changed your life. We didn't do that. That's just what God does. That's just what it is. That's the reality of being a disciple. You can't help but share how God takes you from one place and puts you in another. So what are you holding on to? You know, what chains do you need to let God unlock so you can be free? You know, going back to the handcuff scenario that you saw, you know, we see that only God is able to release your chains. You know, he, he is the key. And you saw Caleb's face when he got it taken off, right? And his face of disgust with all the butter. But you saw it, right? You saw how he was free. He raised his arms like, wow, it feels so good to be free. 
you know, and, uh, you know, when you enter the, the kingdom of God, it's the best feeling having assurance that if you hold to his teachings, like this, that our theme scripture has been, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciple, then you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Guys, that's a guarantee you're going to heaven. It is a guarantee if you hold to God's teachings, you are going to heaven. And that's so freeing. No longer, you know, we, we, as disciples, you don't have to fear death. I know for me, you know, one of the things that actually helped me study the Bible is I was with, I was actually with a couple of disciples in a car, and he was driving way too fast, like rebuke status. And, uh, and I was like, yo, 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 chill, I ain't disciple yet. And they're like, oh, snap, you're right. <laughs> but guys, as disciples, you don't have to fear death. You're like, keep on going. No, I'm just kidding. You wouldn't keep on going. Right? And then, you know, you don't have to care what people think about you. And, you know, for someone like me who's just like a total people pleaser, it's one of my, you know, hardest things to get over. As a disciple, you only need to please one person, and it's Jesus. You know, and in closing, you know, Satan is working so hard to make you believe that, that you need the world, that you need those things. God, as I'm telling you, I had that all. And it's not worth it. It is not. It will not satisfy you. You know, we think that their lives are better, but true freedom is only found in God. So let him unlock the chains so you can be set free. Amen.